Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the CTH Podcast. We talk Astros baseball and we like to do it. Uh, we need to come up with a catchphrase like I have for talking Strohs, but uh, my name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric underscore CTH. And Cody, tell them about you. Yeah, you can find me at Cody underscore CTH. And I'm glad we both made it easy. I mean, I know a lot of people go by their last names, but a lot of people have a hard time um, spelling my last name. So I just that's why it went to Eric CTH. So, and yours is not necessarily hard. It's just hard for me to say for yeah. some reason. <laughs> but yeah. I'm terrible with names. So anyway, speaking of names, some guy named Rogelio is pitching his butt off this spring. Oh, yeah. And, of course, I'm talking about Rogelio uh, Armateros, and he is looking like he's a legit starting pitcher in the um, – uh, well, or or is he the next Wojo? Oh, that's ooh, that's a good point. I, I mean, is he just – no, no. I think – I mean, I know Wojo had his success in the minor leagues as well, um, uh, but I just – this guy just has something, and uh, – like they were saying, uh, I, have, I don't think I've gotten to watch him pitch yet, but they say that he just throws strikes and he knows how to pitch. He's not a flamethrower. He just knows how to pitch. And uh, I think he went another three innings, I think, yesterday. And yeah, he he, three strikeouts again and three shutout innings or something. Yeah, he's pitched really well. He's made – let's see, how many appearances has, he's made, uh, has he made? He's made – Yeah, this is second. Yeah, just two appearances. Oh, actually, I lied. So, yeah. So through five innings, well, I don't know. Uh, I think he had three the first game, or yeah, I think so. And uh, I guess I can look at this page. Uh, but today uh, he was very impressive. He pitched three innings. He did allow three hits. Mm-hmm. He did allow a run. I'll I'll give him that. But uh, he did have five strikeouts in those three innings. So. Oh yeah, you can't. Uh, when you just look at the overall statistics, and again, this is just spring training, but five innings, three hits, one run, one walk, eight strikeouts. You know that's not that's not bad. You know, especially for spring training, I'll gladly take that from a guy who's never pitched above AAA or even had a full season of AAA yet. Right, for sure. So, but that's a good point. Where you make uh, is he the next Wojo? I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's, that was a good point. But at the same time, too, I think he uh, Rogelio, he's he's pitching quite well. He's held uh, opposing batters to a 188 batting average. I think there is something there. He is kind. He's slowly risen up the prospects ranks. I think he's number twelve now on MLB pipeline. So uh, signs are pointing up for him. Yeah. Um, also, uh, somebody that a lot of people just kind of forgot about because he got suspended for eighty games last year was Mr. David Paulino, and he is looking impressive as well. Uh, he's pitched four point two innings. He has five strikeouts. He has walked two batters, but his ERA is point zero six seven. And he has a .64 whip as well. And uh, so that's pretty good. Um, he could surprise some people. Um, I'm not sure if he'll make the opening day roster because it's really hard to kind of get on this team. But he could be one of those guys who knows how long this Rendon will last because he didn't pitch very well. So No, he did not. And, yeah, there's been a couple of pitchers. Rondon, that, sorry. Yeah, uh, Hector Rondon of oh, Chicago Cubs uh, fame. I have a student with that Rondon name, with the same first name, so yeah. that's why. But him, uh, James Hoyt hasn't looked all that impressive. I uh, hate to say it, but Francis Martez has had a little bit of issues. Even though two of the runs he's allowed has been unearned. 
But yeah, uh, Hector Rodon and James Hoyt are probably the two names that stand out right now. It's like, oh, okay, they, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, for sure. And um, McHugh, I'm excited to see him start again. Uh, do you know when it is? I think it it should be coming up. Uh, yes, it should be coming up early. Uh, so tomorrow morning's pitching. Okay. Uh, they must have skipped McHugh. Uh, not necessarily. He may be uh, pitching in like a. Um, Minor league game, mm-hmm. or no, they don't have minor league games yet. Uh, so. they, uh, they may have another split squad game coming. Yeah, up yeah, that's probably what it is. Because we there was a split squad game, I believe, was it on Saturday? Uh, they may have another yeah. one. But they might also have them coming into relief yeah. to see what's like. So he may um, Morn's starting tomorrow, so you may see McHugh come in afterwards. So. Exactly. I, I, this is more of a fluid situation. Who starts and who doesn't at this point really doesn't matter as much. Beyond, like, you know, the real obvious names, but still. But, yeah, there's been some impressive performances so far, even though the spring training is still young. Armenteros has won. Buddy Boshears has, hasn't looked bad. Uh, ironically, Tony Sip, uh, the time or two he's made an appearance, hasn't looked bad either. Um, you also have Brandon McCurry making appearances. Uh, Raymond Goudouin, Riley Farrell, um, yeah, there, there's a couple of interesting names. You're like, oh, they probably won't make the team, but it's like, oh, okay, they may provide something later on. All right, sorry, I was I was confused earlier. The uh, David Paulino has a 0.0 ERA, so he has no he hasn't allowed any runs. I was looking at the batting average. Sorry, but that's still impressive for off of David Paulino have a 0.067. I'm not used to looking at the site. Um, and something else to think about is outside of Francis Martez, none of the starters, the actual starters, have given up a run yet. Yes, yes, I've noticed that. And, uh, me, yes, uh, we had Armenteros give one, up one today, but he wasn't technically the starter. Yeah, he was in relief, so. So, yeah, and uh, Lance McCullers made his debut today, and he did not throw a single curveball. No, he did not. Uh, Do you think that's by design? I think so. The curveball... That's been kind of rumored with McCullers, and curveballs in general are, are rumored to be tougher on the arms in the long term than other pitches. So I think they're kind of like easing him back to that curveball. But at the same time, too, if you bring up the curveball, that nasty changeup. Like, there's a clip going around the Twitterverse right now, and it's just like, oh, my jaw dropped. I was like, that break is like, it was Greg Maddox like I was like, oh, good Lord. If he can just master that pitch with a curveball and a decent fastball, and if he had health, hey, a lot of ifs, but, oh, boy, Lance McCullers, uh, you're, you're, you're one bad man. You're one bad man. Yeah, he could he could be the ace, and he's probably going to be the ace. Um, let's say McCullers, sorry, uh, Kai Cole may leave after the season. Mm-hmm. Then you have Justin Verlander through uh, 2019, and, uh, Garrett Cole through 2019 as well, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, uh, there's a lot of rumors out there, and I don't know how much they're, how true they are, but I was reading an article about the best pitching rotations five years from now. And uh, the Astros, I think, were sixth. And it was mostly because Forrest Whitley, then you have still have Lance McCullers, uh-huh. then you'll have like uh, J.B. Buskowskis, and then um, – Probably uh, somebody like a uh, well, who's another na- uh, number two? Uh, Tyson per- uh, Perez, not the Perez we trade to the Tigers, but the other Perez. Um, is it Tyson 
or I may be I may be off. I think he he's actually gone. I think we released him. There's there's another Perez that's okay. a starting pitcher, I believe, with uh, either the Grizzlies or the Hooks, but uh, he's kind of highly ranked up the prospect list. Um, you can't even really not consider David Paulino at that point either. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just forget about him because he disappeared last year with the. Um, and he didn't. He wasn't really that great in the year before, but no. he still got the potential. And uh, I remember talking to Jim Callis, and he said that uh, he probably David Paulino has about, if not more, potential than Martez. And Martez, I just think I think he's got all the talent in the world, but he's going to have to mature, and yeah. he's going to have to learn to throw strikes. He's going to have to learn. Yes, yes, we loved that one game where he got all fired up and everything, but. You gotta pitch. You gotta control your emotions when you're pitching. So exactly, he it kind of appears he's a little bit of a big game pitcher. Like when he made his first major league start against the Rangers this past summer, that was obviously a big game for him. And he pitched his tail off, and then it's like after that, he just kind of like it was a gradual. That was like hit the high point of the season for him. It was just like a gradual decline into like what happened to Martez, especially right before the postseason. But. Yeah, I really like Paulino. Paulino kind of got a little bit of a bad rap last year. You know, some deserve, some not. But he's a guy that, honestly, it's like Martez, too, at the same time. You can't forget about these guys. These guys could burst onto the scene and really take the league by storm, especially when you consider Paulino's a six foot seven, so and he's still got a bit of his frame to fill out. So, yeah, this guy, he's, he's, a, he's a beast on the mound, and if, if he ever harnesses his stuff completely, uh, look out. Yeah, he could be one of those uh, grinky type guys, the guys yeah. that takes a little bit longer. And then uh, I guess Gossman would be another one. And who else is somebody who just took some time? Um, yeah, there's a couple of them. Uh, well, I, well, um, left-handed pitcher from back in the day, by like Cliff Lee took a bit, fair bit. Oh, of time. that's true. So an older example, but he's a he's a type of guy who it took him a good couple of years in the majors for he. How played. about Tim Redding? <laughs> Oh no, no, God, no, no. Uh Tim Redding used to make me pull my hair out when I was like in junior high and high school. I'm like, no. Yeah, but then he had that one good year, I I believe. So Yeah, yeah it was the one like good year like, Oh, we may have something here. I'm like, okay, you're not going to all right, let's see what happens the next year. Oh look, he's back to what he was the two prior seasons. Oh, okay, we I think I know what we have in him now. So I wrote an article, uh, I think it was last week sometime, about the depth chart of the rotation. Uh-huh. Who do you think, if something happens to one as starter, who's the first up? Brad I mean, Peacock. Not Colin oh, McHugh? Oh, 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 okay, I see what you say. Uh, yeah, I think it would be Peacock over McHugh. Oh, well, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, you're right. It'll probably be McHugh. It'll be McHugh. They're going to want uh, Peacock in the bullpen. And yeah, that's true. Unless they're desperate. I mean, des- not that he sucks. It just... He's much better in the bullpen than he is because he's probably a five like he was last year a five inning max guy. Yeah, and uh, I mean you could always partner him up with um, McHugh, so it could be McHugh going five, and then Peacock comes in for three or four yeah. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and so just uh, save the bullpen day. Yeah, exactly. And and at the time too, it just depends on the circumstances surrounding, like who's coming off the most rest. Like is Peacock coming just off a of performance? Is McHugh coming off a of performance and relief? It just all depends on the timing of such a situation that ever arises. But yeah, after, for some reason I forgot about McHugh for a second. I was like, oh wait, yeah, it'd be McHugh. <laughs> yeah, he started off uh, spring really well. Oh, and he yeah. looked good. Five yeah. strikeouts and in two innings, I believe. So yes. He, so I was like, yeah, McHugh's got I think a little bit of a chip on his shoulder too. I think he's like. I want to prove to these guys I'm still here. Yeah, but 
who's he gonna beat out? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's just like, unfortunately, unless there's an injury, you can't take out ground chuck. No, I mean, you can't. It, it goes bad if you take it out of the refrigerator and don't <laughs> use it. But yeah, like honestly, there's not really a good way of putting him in the rotation without a guy that's you know put on the DL for a little while. You're not going. You're not going to take McCullers out of the rotation. God help you. If you try to take. Uh, you know. You may be fired if you try to take Verlander or Keiko out of the rotation. Let's just be honest. No, you be locked up in Arkham Asylum, and oh, it true. doesn't exist. So yes. you, that, that's hard to do. Yes. Yes. So like, yeah, it's just there's really not a good way for him to force his way on unless there's like an injury or, or, you know, maybe a pitcher suffers a hanging nail and they have to skip a start or something. Oh yeah. And you have those 10 day DLs and the Astros took advantage of that last year. I mean, some of the injuries to McCullers may have been legit and yeah. the Keiko things were legit, but that one time Morton went on DL. I don't, they never really said me. Yeah. It's like, I think it was just more precautionary with Morton than anything else. You're like, okay, we know this guy's probably made of glass or, you know, paper, whatever it is. We're just going, we're just going to take care of him. Just let him get a couple days off. You know, not, not a big deal, but like, yeah, the 10 day DL has been like, all I have to say is that I'd look for a lot of teams to follow what the Dodgers did this past year. The Dodgers used the heck out of that 10 day DL. And that's what did to a certain extent as well. So, so if you're one of those one people out there listening to us right now, and you want to go and call in, uh, go and call us at 347-850-8823, 347-850-8823, and let's talk some Astros baseball. Uh, there's kind of some big news today that we've kind of been dancing around a little bit, and I don't know if you want to try to go as long as we can without bringing it up, but it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, let's go ahead. All right, so for those that didn't hear, uh, yesterday, uh, Guriel, Yuli Guriel, was sent back to Houston because he was complaining of his left hand hurting. And so, at first, they didn't think it was a major thing, and then uh, then it got worse the next day. So, they said, okay, let's go get it checked out. And so, apparently, he had a fractured uh, hammock bone. Uh-huh. and in left hand. And apparently this is something that he's been dealing with for a few years off and on. Yeah. But uh, he said that I read somewhere that he he really felt it when he hit that homer. And I, I think I was actually just watching a video, and A.J. Hinch was uh, saying he, he had that one at bat, he hit the homer, and then it started hurting when he hit the homer. And so um, I don't think it's anything he did. I just think it's, the, the, it just finally fractured all the way. Yes, it was like, I think it was just kind of an aggravation for a couple of years, and right. finally, and they said the way you wrap your fingers around the bat uh, is, is uh, like after you, the fall through on your swing is kind of like what causes that um, that not really that fracture, but kind of that you know that aggravation of that bone, and it was probably just accumulation. Like don't forget, Guriel is like you know in his early thirties, so he's been playing baseball for a long time. It was just real interesting that it just went from like, oh, you know, sore left wrist thing, not a big deal, to like the next day you're like, oh, he's having surgery on his left hand. What the snap? Like this was, this was something that was not expected. But at the same time, too, that's the reason you have quality uh, death in the minors. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Temper Pro in the mid 2000 Astros. Yeah, I'm sorry, calling up Todd Self in 2005 was not a solution for anything. And you get points if you remember Todd Self. 
But yeah, it was like one of those things was just Yuli is just like, oh, that's rather unfortunate. But now it gives guys like JD Davis, Tyler White, AJ Reed more opportunities. And, and let's be honest, it, uh, one of those guys was going to be up for an extra five games anyway because of Gurriel's suspension. So yeah, so the what, after kind of doing research for the article, I. I Luno uh, told, or somebody told Joel Sherman that he he expects uh, Yuli to miss the first two weeks. So I did the math, and the uh, six weeks would be the middle of the second week. Mm-hmm. And then he still has to serve the five-game suspension. Mm-hmm. So technically, um, I guess they could put him on the – no, he'd have to be on the roster, wouldn't he? Yeah, okay, he, yes. he would be out to, he has to be on the active roster. Yeah. Yes, so um, – all right, so – yeah, so after he's done with the DL, he's going to have to serve the five-game suspension. And, yeah. And what, so that's that's pushing into the third week, not the second week. Yeah, it's going to be – it's probably going to be, you know, late April before we see Yuli any type of meaningful action with Houston. And let's not forget, after that five-game suspension, they may send – they may just go, let's just send him down to uh, Fresno for a couple of games and let him just – I mean, he's going to miss all spring training. He had yeah. one game, so – and yeah. he was only at spring camp for, what, two days, three days? Yeah, something like that. So it's going – they're going to give him a little time to warm back up. So I would not be shocked if they give him kind of like a first. I say like the first week of May is probably a good target yeah, date. That's kind of what I said. I said the last week of April and the first week of May. Yeah. And uh, we remember how long it took him to kind of get back up to speed. Um, the first year he tried to come up and yeah, it took he was him, not ready. Yeah, it took him a while. And so you're not going to, of course, right now the Astros, they're in a position where they can be conservative with uh, Guriel. They're not exactly in a desperate situation to have a first baseman. they got plenty of options. If worse comes to worse, he can always start Marlon Gonzalez there and not, you know, unless Marlon regresses beyond what even the most, like even what a lot of people are expecting. It's just like, yeah, the Astros are not really in a desperate spot yet. So for those wondering, yeah, do not uh, – we're not going to sign Lucas Duda, even though he just signed with the Royals today. So that's a moot point. But yeah, it's 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 an inconvenience, but that's about it. Yeah, we uh, there's still Jonathan Lacroix out there, and there's still Carlos Gonzalez, and even Joel Sherman said, or somebody said that. I, I was reading. I've read so much about um, the Yuli situation today, but uh, they said that the Astros are probably not going to go out and get him by. They're going to stay. They're going to just get somebody from within. But that person, whoever it was, said, I'm giddy with the excitement of the possibility of cargo going down there because he would be dynamic on that team. And he would fulfill a need in left field, especially if you decide to move Marwin to first and let him kind of take more of that. But no, no, no. You're not going to move Marwin to first. He's not that oh, everyday no. first. Oh, no, not every day. But yeah, it's just like it's one of those things you kind of relieve Margo of that left field, outfield yeah, yeah. for a little bit and kind of like say, you kind of even more rowing the infield and DH more so. But then what would you do when uh, when Uriel comes back? Yeah, that's that's a whole conundrum there. That's a whole yeah. You're they want to give Fisher a shot, and yeah. they want they really want to give Fisher a shot. They want to give Stassi a shot, and Stassi so far, granted, it's, he's only played what four games at max. Uh, he's but he's doing really really good. Two home runs, people. Max Stassi's had two home runs. You know how many major league uh, home runs he's had in his career dating back to like you know 2014 or something? Only thirteen three. actually. Thirteen. Only. Three. I was surprised when I wrote. I'm like, he's been around since 2013. I know, right? It's crazy. It's, 
I, well, I still kind of remember it was yesterday when all of a sudden I was on the uh, driving down 45 listening to the radio like, oh, breaking news. Astros traded Jed Lowry, their only good player to Oakland for Chris Carter, uh, um, uh, Max Stassi, Stassi Brad and, Peacock. And, uh, Brad Peacock. And it was like, okay, yeah. I was like, ah, this trade may pay dividends. Well, it did eventually. Well, except for uh, Carter paid dividends so, in 15. Yeah, he was the RBI leader in yeah. 2000. 14? 14, I think yeah. it was. He had 88, 10. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, did you read that article I wrote about the um, uh, RBI, the 100 RBIs? Uh, unfortunately, I have not had a chance to get to it yet. But, Jerk. Uh, I know. Anyway, but um, I was surprised. Do you, do you know the last time that the Astros had a 100 RBI hitter? And oh. who is that 100 RBI hitter? Um, let's see. It wasn't... It hasn't hasn't been recent. Um, it can't be. Hunter Pence never hit over 100 RBIs here, did he? Um, that's a good question. Was it Carlos Lee by any chance? Yes. 2009, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's why he I, had 102 that year. 102. Oh, good lord! It's been a while. Bregman, uh, sorry, Berkman was on that team. Hunter Pence was on that team. Yeah. And then that's when I think they decided to start doing dismantling. Yeah, and then like hit the giant red button on the desk, like uh, time to blow it up. I think that was 2010 when they actually traded Carlos Lee, and yeah, it was like, oh no, wait, hang on, let me. If I'm doing my backtrack correctly, 2000, uh, 2010 is when they traded Berkman to the Yankees, and Oswald to the no wait, Oswald was before then. Um, Berkman was a big one. No, I think Oswald was 2010. Then the following years when they traded Lee. Pence, born. That's right. That's right. Because the only reason I remember that funny story real quick, the only reason I remember that is because I started dating my wife, and we were seeing uh, some movie at a Cinemark, and I went outside to grab like an icy or whatever, and I checked my phone, and it's like, Hunter Pence just traded to affiliates. I'm like, of all times for this to happen now. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember the time uh, Breckman, uh, there's too many. <laughs> Berkman was traded to the Yankees because I was um, we had gone up to meet a friend at a camp and, and uh, they had RV so they invited us down for a day just to go on a boat and just um, just chill out drink some drinks and just have some fun and I remember it was like in the mi- middle trade deadline and so the whole time I'm like checking my phone and I think this was pre- yeah that was definitely pre. Um, me writing blogging yeah. and all that stuff and so i just remember like oh no they traded Ber- uh, berkman oh no the world. yankees oh yeah. oh no this is blossomous down these parts but uh, it's like yeah i remember that i was actually thinking well reels when that train went down it's strange how i remember all this stuff but anyway but yeah it's like one of those things where like when you just mentioned that with carl Lee, i'm like holy crap it's been it's been almost 10 years it's like Whoa! And saber metric people will say that's actually not a bad thing because um, that means the Astros lineup is so deep, and yeah. um, and you're going to have other people stealing from um, mm-hmm. their RBI. So you're not our team is not like the Diamondbacks who rely on Goldsmith to mm-hmm. drive people in. Yeah, it's not like our cleanup hitter. I mean. Correa, though, has a chance to hit 100-something RBIs this year if he stays healthy. Yeah, he probably would have last year if it wasn't for that whole, uh, you know, sliding and hand injury. But anyway, but yeah. 
he could have competed for the MVP last year yeah. if, if he didn't miss that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we won the World Series. That's all that matters. I wonder if Jake Marisnik, if he stayed healthy all year, would have uh, may- maybe done a comeback player year, or was he not really that bad? Oh, no. No, he really wasn't that bad. I'm surprised Brad Peacock. I know there's some better players than Brad Peacock, but I'm surprised he didn't get any. Oh, I would have thought he would have got some love, yeah. especially – Considering that he was for probably about a solid six weeks the ace of the staff, right? Uh, it, like my opinion, Brad. Keith, no, 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 no. Mike Fires. Oh was. yeah, Mike Fires. You know, Mike Fires. He wasn't on the postseason roster, but he probably helped save our season for about two months. Yeah, Astros future called in talking shows on uh, Sunday, and he mentioned that to me. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Mike Fires had a start the other day for the Tigers, and I think he uh, he. Pitched two shutout innings, didn't strike out anybody, but that's who Mike Fires yeah, he's is. He's not going to strike out a lot of guys. But, yeah, all I, uh, Mike Fires, he has a special place in our heart, no hit, and, which ironically came against the Dodgers. So when you think about it. But, yeah, it's like one of those things I just really think, you know, Carlos Correa has a good chance to get to 100 RBI. Uh, you know, if Springer wasn't hitting leadoff, Springer probably would have a good shot too. But, yeah, Correa is probably the – biggest threat but did you see the talent evaluator i think it was buster only who uh, wrote about it it was like just one sentence but i turned it into a whole article and it's amazing what you could do with that oh, but yeah. uh but basically the talent evaluator told buster only that he thinks the way springer's trying to get ready in the spring he says he's trying to win al mvp this year and he's he's really worked on his game he's just his focus is so much better and then he also the other comment he made was Altuve is just a hitter, and he just he just hits he just he's addicted to hits. Mm-hmm. And you saw it today in a meaningless spring training game he had three hits three singles three for three yeah three singles and it's kind of a shame that nobody you know did anything after him but yeah great it's a spring I mean, training yeah, game yeah yeah spring training doesn't matter but Altuve is just a hitter that's interesting though about Springer Springer you know. I, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch. I'm really looking. He's for- he's gonna have to. I think in order to win the MVP, he's gonna have to increase his uh, steal, steals as a leadoff hitter. He's yeah. got to score some more runs. He's gonna have to maybe be the um, Steve Finley type of leadoff hitter who hits 50 homers that type of thing. Yeah. But I just think. I mean, his batting average is okay. Is there? Yeah. It's, his his OPS was definitely there. It's not in the thousands like. Uh, Altuve was, no. but um, I think he has the ability to do it. It just can he from the leadoff spot. And I know, uh, I know Trout and Altuve kind of Trout mostly bats second, mm-hmm. and so you have some other MVP candidates who bat second. So I know it. It's not really that, but I don't know. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think. Who's gonna? Uh, which Astro do you think has the best chance to win an MVP this year? And I'm not talking about team MVP. I'm talking about the AL MVP. Uh, go and call in at 347-850-8823. 347-850-8823. And we are the CTH Podcast. And what? what's our... Oh, what's our uh, we're still talking Astros and spring training? Oh, no, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the model guy. Okay, I'll come up with something. <laughs> I've been busy. I'm the numbers guy. Let's let's leave it at that. Yeah. All right. So anyway, so uh, we talked about Guriel, and am I worried about it? No. Uh, 
may, if anything, he'll be a little bit more refreshed at the end of the season because he won't have that wear and tear. Yeah. And you you know he secretly is liking not uh, missing spring training because you know those veteran guys they don't really need those at all those at bats. No, it's like it's a whole Roger Clemens uh, issue, like from not really issue, but kind of like. Roger Clemens towards the end of his career, he's like, I don't need spring training. I'm Roger Flipping Clemens. Like, you, yeah. it's, and it's the same thing. A lot of these veterans, you know, it's like uh, other sports too. Like, when's the last time you heard, like, uh, like when Andre Johnson was with the Texans, him go all out in training, uh, training camp, like, you know, his last few years here. It's just, you know, veterans, they want to rest their bodies. Outside of guys just trying to get a sharp, you know, get kind of game ready. And once they get to that point, they're like, okay, I'm not going to run my body to the ground for spring training. I don't like what probably some of these young guys are trying to do to make a good impression and, and try to get onto the roster. But I, I'm, I'm like you. I'm with you. I'm not really all that worried about uh, Yuli. I think he's going to be relatively fine. Uh, just give him a little time to uh, get that some of that rust off, and he'll be rearing to go probably in early May. So. All right, I think my confidence is waning a little bit on A.J. Reed. Um, I mean, I know it's spring training, you can't take that much, but this dude is trying to get a job. And, yes, he had that one game where he had two walks and he had a single, I think. And yes, but it's just two walks and a single. He He's a guy you expect power from right. at the same time. And, like, today, he just three strikeouts today. And, yeah, it's, I'm like you, spring training is one thing, but – uh, and I, I, Reed's clearly proven his worth in the minors. He deserves a shot, but at the same time, too, on this roster, on this team as it is now, you just can't come in and you know strike out like he is right now. Not making all that grave contact from what I could tell. He just needs. Uh, I'm just not sure. It's just, he's just not putting together the play right now. And unfortunately, this is, you know. J.D. Davis and Tyler White probably got the leg up on him in terms of playing time with Yuli out. Yeah, and yeah, J.D. Davis is on fire. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, we knew he was good, and uh, a lot of people didn't know about him, but he was drafted in the uh, third or fourth round. Yeah. He was drafted behind A.J. Reed. Uh, yeah, he it was. It was back-to-back. Yeah. So it was Reed and J.D. Davis. Uh-huh. They were both pitchers dashed first baseman in college. Yeah. So um, I think Reed was kind of the better pitcher, uh, and but also had that left-handed power. Yes. But J.D. Davis was just a a guy you can put at third base. He had he was probably a little bit more athletic than A.J. Reed, and but uh, they decided to keep them both as hitters. And maybe eventually that will have to be the case. Reed will be the um, C.C. Sabathia, <laughs> the the. Um, uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I know. I know what you're getting at. But, yeah, it's like one of those things. J.D. Davis has clearly kind of burst onto the scene. He's had that little bit of major league experience last year. Last year, honestly, he he, perform, he performed all right. He had a couple home runs. His batting average was low, down to 220s. But he had a couple home runs. Of course, we love seeing him in uh, emergency relief. You know, that was, always, that was always interesting to watch. But, yeah, J.D. Davis – is a guy I think we should watch out for. Uh, there's a reason why all the top prospect lists always list him so highly, even though we were always caught up with, like, you know, Bregman, Kyle Moran when he was still with the Astros organization. So, Jay Davis is now getting his chance to shine, and you're happy for him. And you have to be happy for him. And the same thing with Tyler White. Tyler White's also been hitting fairly well as well, uh, you know, too. And, you know, I'm kind of curious to see 
how those two guys uh, advanced throughout camp. And going back to Reed for a sec, Reed, there's plenty of time for him to turn this thing around. A couple of games of spring training doesn't really mean all that much. Guys go through bad stretches, small sample size. But at the same time, too, if he doesn't start showing more of that power, if that contact doesn't start coming back in spring training, the Astros are going to be like, you know, look, this job was kind of open for a little bit with Yuli out and J.D. and uh, uh, Tyler White wanted it more. And, or I shouldn't say wanted it more, but they performed better, so they got it. So I'm I'm just really curious to see how – as camp progresses this is probably going to be the most interesting storyline going forward uh by far and seeing who gets the lion's share at first base yeah i think um for a lot of people have asked especially after you posted something on facebook um does jd davis play first base uh, yes he does uh, yes. um I, he hasn't really i'm trying to look it up really quick um uh yeah i'm trying uh yes and on i think uh, I hate when I have to restart my computer and does this to me. Okay, so and he has mostly played third base in 2017 with the Astros. He did play no. Yeah. Uh, oh no 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 sorry that's that's in minor leagues. He he did have uh, seven games. He started for them at first base. Yes, and he has. Uh, so last season he split a little bit of time in Double A AA and Triple A in between the two levels. He had about 37 innings as a first baseman in the minors. And he did play two games last year as a first baseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't start, but he no. did to come in, I think. Um, Defensive replacement yeah. towards the end, yeah. But he's, he, he doesn't have much experience, but he has enough to where you're like, okay. And let's be honest, the glove, if you play third base fairly well, the glove should, in theory, you know, transfer well to – transition well to first base. Uh, not all the time, but a lot of the time it does. Yeah. I know we all want Reed to work out, but I, I'm I'm starting to get to the point where I need to see it. And, I mean, er, they, everybody says this the right thing. Like, oh, he came to camp lighter. He looks more focused. You know who, but, else, you know who else they say about that every year? Matt Kemp. And look what Matt Kemp does. Nothing. Ever since uh, his – like big contract with the Dodgers, like back in what was it, the early 2010 area, uh, like years, like he hasn't done much. And it's just like, well, he comes in camp the best shape of his life. Yeah, you can say that about a lot of people, but at the same time, too, it doesn't really hold that much weight. So, so in all the levels, he's only played first base nine times, and but he has played in college. And so. uh, oh, yeah, it's uh, like I said. It, Regardless, it'll probably carry over well. If Yuli can learn how to play first base, then so if Carlos freaking Lee can learn how to play first yeah. base, uh, then I'm sure anybody JD Davis can. <laughs> so the question is, who would get it? Uh, I would say that maybe at this point, Tyler White is the more most experienced at the big league level at first base, and then you would have probably AJ Reed after that, and then JD Davis really doesn't have that much experience at first base. So the question is, do you want that bat? Um, I think Hinch hinted this today. He said, you're not going to see Marwin Gonzalez at first base every day. Uh, you're going to want Marwin Gonzalez, uh, especially with Yuli out. Uh, you're going to want him playing third base to relieve uh, Alex Bregman uh-huh. every once in a while. And maybe spots uh, so Altuve can play DH. You're going to see Correa yeah. be a DH. You're going to see Bregman be a DH. Uh-huh. So you don't want to just say, okay, Marwin, go get your first base mitt, uh, mitt for the next 
uh, two weeks. That's not going to happen. No. So uh, that's why you need somebody who can hit. And Hunter Atkins, um, I doubt he'll listen to this podcast. That dude, I don't know if it's that's that's his stick or whatever you call it, but I don't know. You need to go listen. I need to listen and to that. He just basically complained about being the Astros beat writer and saying there's so much work and he's getting tired of having to ask AJ Hinch the same thing over and over again every morning, right every day. And I'm like, I told him, I would love that job. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a teacher. He's like, well, all right, you probably make about the same amount I do. So let's switch jobs. I'm like, <laughs> all, right. all right. So, but anyway, he, he was just so cryptic and it just, but he said, uh, that A.J. Hinch wants a right-handed hitter for that last uh, roster spot. Huh. Uh, and so that le- that means Tyler White or J.D. Davis. Yeah, probably so. Uh, Tony Kipp is looking great defensively, but he's, he doesn't have he, – he's not hitting. No, that bat's not carrying uh, over well. He had another 0 for 4 day today, and I love Kemp. I honestly do. But... You know who Tony Kipp is? He's probably somebody who needs to be on the playoff roster. He's somebody who can be a good defensive uh, replacement and somebody who mm-hmm. can steal you base. He's like Cameron Mabin, so to speak. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, even though Cameron Mabin had that one bonehead play. Uh, and yeah. I think it was game three when Charlie Morton was – no. Yeah, it was game two. It was game two when he, uh, because it was in Dodger Stadium, I thought. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about – wasn't it Yankee Stadium? Where oh, just, yes, Yankee Stadium. That's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. Game, yeah, it was game three of the LCS. You're right, you're right. Yeah, because uh, Peacock pitched Game Three of the ALDS, yeah, and then yeah. Morton was the Game Three of the yeah, ALCS. Right. So yeah, Maben's better than that. It just I, 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 it makes you wonder on that one if he like he thought the ball was coming in at a weird angle or something. He just didn't get a good read. But at the same time, too, it doesn't look good for an outfielder of his reputation, an athletic outfielder, to not. Dive. And didn't he come in as defensive replacement, or did he start the game? I don't know. Uh, defensive replacement, I believe. Like, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I think that was actually one of the games where I think Marwin was in left, and I forget where they did with uh, Marwin. They made a transition to the DH and stuck Maven out there and um, and left because I think they may have taken Evan Guys out of the lineup at that point. So, um, okay, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, Charlie Morton. I, no, because Charlie Morton was on the mound, so maybe he did get the start. He may have. Oh, well, he may have. Because I, I remember that was just part of Charlie Morton's bad luck that game, and it was just a crazy yeah. experience. But, um, so, yeah, I if you're asking me right now, I, I know we talked about it off air. I would have to go with J.D. Davis at this point. Yeah, I think He's so just too. so hot. Uh, we kind of know what we get from Tyler White. He showed – he showed his ability last year towards the end when he, he got the last call up and yeah. uh we know what we can kind of get from him. He's not going to be a big home run hitter. Oh. He's going to there's times where his swing kind of reminds me of Bagels, not his but not not, not the stance. crouch, yeah. yeah, not the stance. But just the way he swings, it just yeah. kind of reminds me of how Bagwell swings, but um I just I I don't I mean, they'll probably go with Tyler White just because he's got the m- most experience. But if J.D. Davis keeps on hitting the way he's hitting. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to have to come up with some hell of an excuse to keep him off the roster. And if he, like you're saying, if he keeps hitting, they're not going to have one. Yeah. And the only thing that Tyler White may have going for him, his favor over Davis, 
would be he can also play a little bit of the middle and feel like second base on occasion. Now, at the same time, too, you already have Marwin on the roster, so the versatility there is a little bit, like, it's not that important. But that may be the only advantage if Davis keeps hitting well that White may have on J.D., but who knows. Do I remember White playing – I know he played second base the other day. Do I remember him playing left field this spring? Oh, that's a good question. I thought I remember seeing that, and I'm like, oh, he's a – no. No, White, uh, yes, yesterday he was at first base. He was moved to third base. Mm-hmm. He had a good day yesterday. Uh, he, I mean, one hit, but he scored two runs. He had uh, two walks, so. Yeah, like, honestly, White hasn't been playing all that bad. It's been relatively. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be neck-and-neck battle, and I think in the long run, uh, A.J. Hinch, and they're probably going to go with A, the one who has the best matchups versus the uh, Rangers, I, I would guess. Yeah. Because uh, that's who we open the season with. And then B, uh, just who, who can you rely on? And so we'll have to see. But if J.D. Davis keeps on hitting for power like he is, then yeah. Uh, so much for the third catcher battle. I know, right? It doesn't look like Max Dassey is going to um, – I mean, he he might call. He's not gonna hit like this. He's not gonna have a 200 OPS the or 2000 no, OPS no. the whole spring. But um, Tim Fedora, Ritz, I haven't really been paying attention to him. But has he done much? I no, think. No, he hasn't. He, he, yeah, he hasn't done much. Uh, every time I see him, I was like, is he like related to the Texans tight end? But regardless. Ooh, he's got a Carlos Gomez OPS of 583 right now. Woohoo, Carlos! Oh no, but yeah, like I just don't. Yeah, it, this jaws Max Dassey to lose. If he, if he like, I'm not sure what would have to happen because like, Astros like AJ Henson is pretty hell bent on like you know, Stassi is going to be our third catcher or you know he or he's going to be the backup catcher or whatever. They're going to carry three guys. At this point, the only way I don't think Max Dassey gets his job is if like he strikes out the rest of the spring. But but yeah, he's looked good so far. He's uh, like I said, he's already got two home runs. You know, a couple RBI, a couple runs. You know, that's, that's yeah. The good one game him. he doesn't play. I mean, I'm sure he didn't play another game, but they lose. Um, yeah, but, yeah. And I, I do also think you know, after all this time, he's seen a lot of these pitchers that the Astros have in the minors, and he's got good familiarity with them. So, yeah. At this point, I'm not sure they seem pretty set in their ways about carrying him. I, I, yeah. I, I think I think Stassi is going to make the roster. All right, so is this the Yankees opening day lineup? Uh, listen to it. Gardner leading off, mm-hmm. Judge batting second, Stan batting third, Gary Sanchez batting uh, fourth, then Bird, Gregorius, Gregorius, uh, Hicks, and then Drury. Yeah, I think. And I, Torres. Uh, yeah, that'll probably be there. I think that's their opening day lineup. Yeah, I think so too. That's. It's pretty early in spring to be throwing your open day lineup. Yeah, right? yeah, that, that's a little, that's a tad early in my opinion. It must have been at, yeah, at Yankees, so they yeah. probably just wanted to for the fans. They wanted like for the fans down there in Florida, but yeah, that's going to be oh, that's interesting that they're going that route. But uh, yeah, all I have to say is like they're going to, be, they may hit a lot of home runs, but they're also going to produce a lot of breeze. Um. Crickets, <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at ours. Ours is kind of close. Um, Springer let off today. Reddick, um, 
Redick hit second, then Altuve, then Correa, then Marwin Gonzalez. I don't think he'll bat fifth. No. Uh, Bregman batted sixth, and then McCann, who's not hitting very well, but no. he did walk today. Um, and then, oh, they had McCann as the DH. That's interesting. And Fedora as a catcher. Yeah, and, maybe it was just one of those days where they just wanted McCann to get some swings in. Yeah, and Reed was the first baseman and yeah. struck out three times. Woohoo! Went away from a goal some brow. So. Anyway, so, uh, guys, we got about 15 minutes left in the show. If you'd like to call in, go ahead and call in at 347-850-8823. 347-850-8823. And, Cody, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Did you buy your opening day tickets yet? No, I have not. Okay. I need to. Uh, are you aware of how much the prices are right now? I heard a rumor going around today that they're not cheap. The standing room tickets... Are- are right now, standing room only, are $83. Okay, I'm going to be searching the secondary markets. Uh, oh, that's what I mean. That is the second. You uh, can't buy them from the Astros anymore. Oh. They're sold out already. Oh, yeah, that, well, that makes sense. Well, that tells you how much in touch I've been with the ticket sales lately. But still, oh, my goodness. Uh. And a lot of people don't realize, and anybody that's listening to this, take advantage of this. Uh, game two is the one you want to go to, the um, – because that's when they're going to do the uh, ring ceremony. Yeah, that's going to be the cool. That's going to be the cool one. What, and it's going to be just. I think game one is going to be the banner. They're going to show the banner. Yeah. And then game two was the one because Yuli is supposed to be unsuspended by that point. Yeah, he was supposed to be. Yeah. And so... <laughs> uh, yeah, but honestly, the ring ceremony is the one you go to. You can see the banner any other day. Or any right. other game, but the ring ceremony is like, you know, like, wow. And they're going to be wearing the gold-trimmed uniforms or whatever. And yeah. So I didn't I, I didn't have tickets because I split my season tickets, but I went ahead and bought two tickets for that game. I'm, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take my son to opening day. My wife looks at me like, you're taking him? No, you're not. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I just didn't think you'd want to go back-to-back games. Oh, I do. And then she'll probably not go to another game, but uh, oh, really? she yeah. likes the big games and yeah, the like the games. playoff games yeah, and the, the opening day type stuff. So the, the the really big atmosphere. Yeah, I'm sure I'll probably take her to the Yankees games and she'll yell out the Yankees. If we play the Red Sox at home, I don't. Yeah, we do play the Red Sox at home. She'll go to that game. Um, uh, dude, I don't think we play Dodgers, do we? Uh, that's a good question let me see well definitely not at home because i don't remember not. dodgers no. oh actually yeah we do play but we play them in dodger stadium again okay. oh get prepared to be heckled again astros that's gonna be fun well all we can just show all they have to do is show them the ring <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> poor dodgers fans. speaking of which could you imagine being the popcorn guy or the beer guy and you get a world series ring so worth it so worth it <laughs> i'm gonna go get a job over there i know gonna... right <laughs> Get your beer, get your peanuts, give me the World Series ring. <laughs> and not the replica crowd. Give me the real one. Give me the real one. Yeah, I need to go talk to my season ticket rep and say, hey, can you get me an apartment? I can I can sell some tickets. I I, I can be useful. <laughs> I can I can sweep the floors. I can uh I can uh, I can do the laundry. Like it's not that hard. Yeah, so anyway, but um yeah, I'm excited about the season. Uh just to just this rotation alone. A rotation alone is just one of probably the best in history. Would you say it's better than the 2005 rotation? Because that was uh, Clemens, Pettit, Pettit Oswald, Oswald, 
Backy. And that's where you make the, I think, the cutoff and say, yeah, this rotation is better than 05 because. But Backy was, and when he was on, he was good. Big and game Backy. Wandy was kind of the same way. Yeah. yeah. But that, I think that was the kind of the end for Wandy. I mean, I know he stuck around for a while, but yeah, he wasn't. His, his peak was relatively short-lived. Yeah. And it's just the way he he was a short guy from what I remember, and it just his he wasn't very deceptive. And I no. think when he first came up, he was kind of deceptive. Then he yeah. got kind of the Wandy label, and then it yeah. just kind of went away. But um, I yeah, Clemens. Let's compare Clemens to Verlander. Yeah, Ver, I think that's a fair comparison. Okay, then uh, Pettit. Sorry to do this compared to. Um, uh, uh, Keichel. Sorry, yeah. I lost my train of thought for a second. And then the question is Cole versus uh, Oswald. Um, I think I think that may be a actually Oswald. A, yeah, it, I think that's actually a fairly good comparison right there. Yeah, but I think Oswald's technically the ace of that team. And, yeah. But I, I was just kind of matching them up based on kind of their yeah. like. Because you know Oswald's probably not a Hall of Famer. No, he's not. And um, Garrett Cole, we don't know yet. I oh, bet yeah. He's probably not a Hall of Famer. No, unless he like goes on like on a ten-year tear where he's just like, you know, wow, this guy's yeah. something else. He just has to come to Houston. And, and he could. There. He could. But he then could. will he go to the Yankees afterwards? Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, supposedly that was kind of the big rumor when he was still a pirate was he kind of grew up a Yankees fan. You know, Legion is like that kind of like – they probably get tempered as you become a professional baseball player, but at the same time, too, you can't uh, – coming from even an Astros fan standpoint, you cannot deny the allure of playing in Yankee Stadium for the Yankees. There's just something right. about playing there that I don't just care. Don't tell that to freaking George Springer about Fenway Park, okay? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. George, George, stay away from Fenway. Stay away. <laughs> stay away. No good confront come from that place anymore. Yeah, they go on to DL when they go to uh, – I don't think they go to Boston this year. Uh, Boston comes here. Uh, no, they still go to, uh, they still, they still go to Boston okay. every year. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those things where I'm like, okay, George, you're like, oh, look, Boston. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, you can't. Sorry, man. Oh, speaking of which, congratulations to the Red Sox for finally getting J.D. Martinez. And yeah. It was, there was a health issue that kind of yeah, held things up. It's so strange on that one. The, they had the contract agreed upon. Then, like, a couple of days was just, like, pure signs. And it was like, okay, did the, the medicals come out right? And then they said, oh, yeah, we found a health issue, too. Like, we're going to have to rework this contract. And essentially – no money was like changed or anything. It's the only thing that was added was like a couple extra like, opt out opt outs or something and some language in there that were detected to both sides, I guess from an insurance standpoint. I I don't know, but it was strange how that all worked out. It's like then they're like, oh, okay, we're good and he showed spring training. I was like, All right, that was kind of the weird we're just like four or five days in negotiations ever, but oh well. All right, the Astros are 5-2 and two after their first week of spring training games. Uh, they look pretty good. The rotation looks good. The hitters are the, – the main hitters are looking pretty good. Some of the young guys are struggling a little bit. Uh, Kyle Tucker, I know we could talk about Kyle Tucker all the time. Uh, he's looking great, but no, there's zero chance he's going to start opening day unless there's a mass yeah. injury. I think uh, Brian McTaggart, I think even Jake Kaplan may have, like on Twitter, uh, don't take this as gospel, but uh, I think both of them have been on the record saying, or at least one of them, that 
Yeah, we can see Tucker up maybe late in the year, September call-up maybe. Yeah, they're going to wait for the Super 2 status. Yeah. They're going to wait for just to postpone his clock. And if they wait till September, it's a lot better than uh, than yeah. right now. Well, and something interesting I did see in that, I think it was uh, earlier this evening, uh, I think Brian McTiger did mention, like, oh, hey, uh, it wouldn't be shocking to see him in the opening day lineup in 2019. And right. think about how that plays into their thought process with, Guess who's a free agent after this year, too? Marlon Gonzalez. So that's kind of the whole – there's going to be some interesting dynamics next offseason that we didn't have this year. We may not have that super utility guy we've had. Uh, but, I, um, I mean, Tyler White can only do so much. Uh, yeah. You can put Gurriel at second base, but it doesn't make him a duck. Or, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? it just, yeah, and, uh, it's going to be hard to replace a guy that can play all the positions like Marlon does. I think essentially – Marwin played almost every position, but I think a ca- uh, catcher, pitcher, and right field last year. All right, we got six minutes left to go in the CTH podcast, so let's go ahead and look around baseball. What's going on around baseball? We kind of already talked about J.D. Uh, Martinez. He is now a Red Sox. There's also some other news. We have Mr. Tim Linsenkim. He has... Signed? A, is it a full deal? Uh, yeah, one year uh, major league contract with the Texas Rangers. He yes, he joined the dark side. And is he going to be the closer or the or starter? I think he, they're going to try him out as a reliever first, and they said the closer role is like pretty much all his to go after. Like if he gets a grave, not the Rangers. Are like oh, we're screwed anyway. So yeah, yeah. All right. So also uh, the uh, I don't think we've talked about the pace of play much. No. But uh, and it's kind of confusing. You only have six visits. To yeah, it's, it's it's really weird. And I know Lance McCullers and uh, I think AJ Hints have been very vocal about it and saying mm-hmm. it's stupid. You're taking away from the game. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, but the main thing I want to talk about is: um, Did you see that the Players Association has filed a grievance against? Um, the four teams. Yeah, I saw that, and that's so interesting. Uh, and it's kind of weird at the same time too. Those four teams, the revenue sharing. I, I, it, everybody hears a revenue sharing a lot, but at the same time, too, I even admit myself, I don't have a clear grasp on all what all the nitty gritty details are behind that. But it is interesting that the four teams that they file grievances against are also the like two or three of those teams are also the ones that have the least desirable stadium situations. And now the Pirates, the Pirates, you know, you can make the argument that they probably sold high on McCutcheon a few players when they should have. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Why I'm going to see, how, I'm going to be watching that grievance closely to see what comes out of it. But look at the number of free agents still available, and it's crazy. And I know some that they're. Some of them are signing, and you'll see with some of the injuries. And um, a, a person to keep an eye on it. And I haven't really checked his stats, but how's Fisher doing? Uh, so he has three hits. He scored two runs. He has one RBI, uh, three strikeouts, um, no, two strikeouts, and three walks. Okay, so no stone bases. So he's not really showing that speed. So he's having a good spring so far. Uh, nothing to wow about. Yeah. But uh, once you see uh, – the reason why I bring him up is you have teams that want to see their young guys. Uh-huh. And then once they see the A.J. Reeds and be like, 
Okay, well, he can't really start for us right now. Oh, yeah, it's like, all right, all right, who's still available? Like, okay, you, you, you come here, we'll give you one year, two and a half million, and be done with it. And that's the thing, is the free agent market is really not the upper end guys are getting the shaft. It's the guys that are in the, like, you know, like your year to year guys are really kind of. You Darvish guys money. Oh, yeah. You Darvish guys money. JD Martinez guys money. Hey, everybody's going to be like, well, JD Martinez was only 200 million. Like, everybody and their mother, even Boris, knew JD Martinez wasn't worth like 200 million. They just say that just. He had one good. He had one great, great year. And it was uh, mostly enhanced by the uh, playing at, uh, what do you call it? Chase uh, Field. Chase Field. Yeah, yeah, over there in Phoenix. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, JD Martinez still got his money. You Darvish still got his money. Jake Arrieta is still going to get his money. Maybe not on the long-term deal that you want, but he will eventually get his money. And Lorenzo Kane got his money. All right. Uh, let's do BS factor. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Cougs will be a dangerous team come March. And here's Brian McTaggart. I'm going to skip opening night at Minmade Park for a national championship game in San Antonio. BS or true? I have to just go with BS on that one. I, like, I'm not sure how well MLB.com would, would take that. <laughs> yeah, but he's a big Coup. Oh, he is a big – yeah, he's a big Coup fan. Uh, yeah, he may he may pull some strings and say, hey, I've been uh, I've been here forever. I'm not going to the athletic like all these other guys are. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, let's keep on going to BS. Um, what else can we – Oh, 90 seconds. Wow, that came quick. Yeah, that's not good on us. All right, so uh, BS meter. A.J. Reed will make the team. Nope. Okay. All right, BS meter. Um, Tony Sip is done. No, I don't think he's done yet if he continues to throw well. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that one. Okay, uh, getting off the BS thing. Uh, going back to David Paulino, you have to wonder if when he did pitch, if maybe he wasn't really exactly healthy. Now he's healthy after yeah. uh, resting all year, so we'll have to see about that. But anyway, so uh, what do we got coming ahead? Uh, we got uh, who's going? To, I think it's Charlie Morton. Then we have Verlander yeah, coming up, uh, and it kind of goes recycles back through. We'll probably see Peacock again one more time. I think it's. Uh, I think is. Uh, Morton, Peacock, and then Verlander. Yes. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see all these guys go through second appearances again, see, you know, how they're progressing. And he also, this is also around the time of spring training, you start hearing, well, maybe their arms aren't feeling right. That's what right. happened to Colin McHugh. Colin McHugh, like, did one appearance and then, like, nada. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the CTH podcast. We will try to do this once a week, or we may try to do a pregame show during the regular season. But my name is Eric. And my name is Cody. And thank you, and we'll talk to you next week on the CTH podcast.